0: And so we're going to do it a little different today. We're going to start by taking communion. And I just believe in this. This is something I believe in. This is something I believe you should do every day on your own. You can do this every day on your own. The Bible calls you a king, calls you a priest. It doesn't have to be real complicated. And uh, I want to read to you out of this book I've just about worn out. It's called... Health and Wholeness Through Holy Communion by Joseph Prince. And really, it's just the word. A lot of times we get people from the uh, denominations that are visiting or they join. And uh, there's just a lot of wrong teaching when it comes to communion. And uh, 1 Corinthians 11:27 27 through 29, based on this scripture right here. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink of this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself, so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth unworthily and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. Not discerning the Lord's body is the key words there. The word unworthy it it's, makes people scared to take communion. You've heard in some churches, I, I didn't take communion. I, I had this going on or that going on. That's an adverb. That means it modifies the verb. The word unworthy or unworthily describes the action of eating and drinking. It's not describing the person who's eating and drinking. It's not talking about you being unworthy. So Paul is not saying... If you are an unworthy person, don't take communion. All of us who take communion are unworthy and only made worthy by the blood of Jesus. The Bible says anything not done out of faith in Romans is a sin. That means doubt is a sin. Fear is a sin. You eat two Chipotle burritos and you're full. And then you eat the bag of chips with the large guac that's gluttony. That's a sin. It says it. Even going 10 miles an hour over the speed limit, according to Deuteronomy, you're breaking the laws of the land. That's a sin. You could go on and on and on. I'm telling you, we all. that's why we need the grace of God. That's why our covenant is a covenant of mercy. Why did he die then? Why did, why, what's the point of dying if we're still under the law? We're not under the law. Jesus' death qualifies us to take communion. Paul was not saying that, that, that we should not partake of communion if we are an unworthy person. He was saying we should not un- partake it in an unworthy manner, all right? If you fail to discern or understand the significance of the Lord's body, that's when you're eating and drinking in an unworthy manner. Could we put that picture of the sculpture up? The Corinthians partook unworthily because they did not recognize that the broken body of the Lord was meant to bring them health and wholeness. And so they, they treated Holy Communion as a ritual, as a tradition. And, and so it says what they were doing, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty 20 through 22, it says why they were taking unworth, partaking unworthily. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it's not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one is it. It is not to eat the Lord's Supper, not like a dinner. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of the others. One is hungry. Another is drunk. That, that They were using communion as dinner. They were guzzling the wine, right? And getting drunk at communion. He says, What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? He's correcting them for the manner in which they were taking communion. So Paul is not saying that if you have sin in your life not to take communion. He was telling us to partake in the correct manner, which is to recognize that the Lord's body was broken so that ours could be made whole. Don't take the Lord's supper because you're hungry. That's what he was saying. If you're hungry, he's eat at home first. Because back then they had loaves of it, loaves of bread. What Paul told the Corinthians to do was to discern the power of the Lord's broken body. He was teaching us that when you fail to discern the body of Christ, that we should not partake at that point because you're not claiming by faith what Jesus has done for you. By failing to, to receive the benefits of communion, you're making his work on the cross ineffective by just not thinking about it and take, taking the bread. Yeah. And just, then don't take it. You're making what what he did on the cross ineffective, powerless. When you fail to discern his broken body, you're actually despising his work on the cross. Vine's Expository Dictionary says that word unworthily. It says, i.e., treating it as a common meal, the bread and the cup as a common thing, not understanding what they mean. And so... You know, it says. You know, he said in that in that in those scriptures, Corinthians. This is why many are weak and sick and dying, because you guys are just standing there taking communion, not thinking it. Well, in that case, they were getting drunk, right? They were they were they were hoarding the bread, and, and he's like he's he's like your 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 manner of doing it is unworthy. Think about this. A couple of verses later, in red letters, Paul says. So that means Jesus was saying it. Take, eat. This is my body. It was broken for you. He said, as often as you do this, do it often. He says, remember me. Remember me. Remember his broken body. And so, as we take communion, that's all you have to do. That's, that's why I put this up so much. I want you to take that and run with it in your imaginations. This is not an idol. You're not worshiping the picture, you know, but it's to see it. He was torn apart for you. It's where you get your healing. It's communing with him. Oftentimes, when I take it, I see, it, I see the blood of Jesus running over the part of my body I'm believing for. The part of my body that, 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 that maybe I feel like it's, something's wrong with or I just let the Holy Spirit run with it. Okay, so you ready? You guys ready? You can do. just make yourself comfortable. Take it how you want it. If you want to stand... You can stand. The main thing is understand what he did it for, what he did it for. He called this children's bread. He called it healing. He took the bread and he broke it. He said, take, eat. This is my body. It was broken for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. We do. We remember you, Jesus. We remember you. We remember what you did. Never forget, the bottom line on the cup is the forgiveness of sins, past, present, and future. It says, as he hung on that cross, he became every sin. He became sin. Every sin you'll ever commit, past, present, and future, so that those who sin, right, can receive his righteousness as a gift. So receive it. He took the cup, and he said, this cup is the new covenant. Cut in my blood, as often as you drink it, drink it in remembrance of me. We thank you for the new covenant. You said it's a new and better covenant, which is based on well, you know what? It's based on one clause. You know what the main clause of the new covenant is? Look it up. Everything comes fruit true for you in the new covenant. This is why it doesn't come true for people because they can't wrap their heads around the fact that the, here it is. This is the clause. Your sins and iniquities, I'm going to have mercy on. Your lawless deeds of unrighteousness, I'm not going to remember based on what He did. You have to believe that. You have to believe that. All right? I'm not mad, so you guys can sit down. I' Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to go ahead and take the offering. And I just yes, yes, thank you. And really, I just did you see the, the summer bash? I mean, there's probably going to be 13, 1,400 kids. Think about that. 700 kids last year accepted Jesus. Now, do you think those giant inflatables that fill the parking lot, do you think they just rent those for, for 10 bucks an hour? They're very expensive. How are we able to do that? By what you're doing right now. What you're doing right now. Okay? Seriously. You, you financed 700 children. These aren't just church children. They have a contest to bring visitors to, to church. You have hundreds of kids from the neighborhoods. And maybe, maybe one of those 700 kids, who knows, 100 of them, said that prayer and go home to their secular house and never hear about Jesus again. But you know what? They got Jesus for the rest of their lives. Because why? Because you made it possible. You made it possible for this ministry to preach the gospel. And I'm just, I'm thanking you. I'm telling you, thank you. We just, you are the best congregation. You're just the best people. You are. My, my, I t- it is so true. I mean, you, everything I pray for myself, I pray for you. And that I should. I should pray for this congregation every day. The epistles' prayers, caps' prayers, tongues, everything. I love you guys. Are you guys aware of that? I love you guys. I thank you. I just, I thank you for giving. I thank you for giving. Seriously. I don't take for granted being up here. I just, this service is so awesome too, by the way. This, this service is I mean, I hope no one from Saturday night's watching, but this service is number one right now. I mean, you, you, are, you are pulling down the presence of God with your expectation. It's not about the singers. It's about what you want from him. It's amazing. It's amazing. This is the service that's going to fall. Thank you, Lord. Pray no one from Saturday night's watching. Hallelujah, Lord. Because I do that service all the time, you know what I mean. So I don't get to see you guys as much. But I just want to say, as we get started, um, you know, I I just really appreciate all the funyuns. Okay. It's f- people, funyuns on the, funions on the podium, funions, funyuns when I get up in the changing room, twice this week, two large bags of Funyuns in my office. I don't even know how they got in there. I have eight bags of Funyuns on my fridge, and I want to throw them away, but you gave them to me. So I feel bad throwing them away. But I have to tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to, you know, wear something else if you keep giving me Funyuns. It's a bad, bad eating week. This is not going to be a pecan pie thing. Okay, this can't be that. I mean, I appreciate it. And, and you know, I was going to say, st- give me some bananas, but don't do that either. Just don't. Have- I appreciate the funions. but let's stop with the Funyuns, please. Because when they're on the fridge, I'm one of those that believe if you just keep it out of your house, you cannot eat it. But if it's there, I'm going to eat it. And there's eight bags. <laughs> Wait, would you rather have oatmeal or Funyuns? <laughs> Turkey bacon or Funyuns? <laughs> Salad or Funyuns? You see? And so we are in number 16 of the last days on fallen earth. I wanna welcome our online community. Thank you so much for tuning in. You are a church. You are part of this church. And don't forget the fact that the power of God could touch you. It can really touch you. Even if you're fishing on the dock, it could touch you. <laughs> and so Daniel 10.1, we're in Daniel chapter 10. and said, It says, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. That's his Persian name in Persia that's his name in Persian and the thing was true but the time appointed was long and he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision you have Daniel he's at the end of his public life scholars believe he was 80 late 80s 90 years old at the time and notice it says well this is the 3rd year of Cyrus the great i thought Cyrus the great sent the jews home his right away that's in the Bible. He sent him home. What's Daniel still doing in Babylon? Uh, no one knows, besides the fact that, that a 90-year-old man making that trip from Babylon and Iraq all the way to Jerusalem. You, know, you can't just drop, jump in a Volkswagen Jetta and drive down there. It's a long trip. And that's why people speculate that he stayed in Babylon. Cyrus may have wanted him to. No one knows why he's still there. Remember, Darius the Mede was put in there immediately after the fall of Babylon by Cyrus. And he didn't live very long. That, that, and we've, we've gone over this in past sermons. And so, really, you could say this, this chapter is a prelude or an opening to the final vision of the book of Daniel. Did I read verse 1 yet? Okay. That, <laughs> the time appointed... In the Hebrew in verse 1 means long warfare. All right? In the Hebrew. Verse 2 and 3, "In those days I Daniel was mourning three full weeks. He had no pleasant bread, came nor came flesh, nor wine in my mouth, neither did he anoint himself with oil." And so he had no pleasant bread. So he's only eating unpleasant bread. He was eating he eating vegetables, oats, and water. Kind of like in the first chapter, we have him eating those things. He fasted for 20, like that for 21 days. He was in mourning. And when they, he said, nor, nor did I anoint myself with oil. And what that refers to is that back then, it was very common. Um, to, they would rub oil into their bodies for hygiene and body odor. So he went 21 days. So if Daniel did it, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start a 21-day no-bath-or-shower fast. So next week will be day seven. I'll, I'll let you know how it's going. Verse 4. In the four and the four-and-twentieth day of the first month, I, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hydekel. The Companion Bible says that is the Tigris River out there in the Middle East. Verse five, I lifted up my eyes and look, and behold a certain man. Now a lot of, this sounds real familiar from John's vision of Jesus in Revelation, but it's not Jesus. A certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Upaz, his body also like the barrel of And his face as the appearance of lightning, his eyes as lamps of fire, his arms and his feet like in color, to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And you'll see that this is not Jesus. This is not Jesus because this is an angel, all right? And people think it might be Gabriel, but notice that he always, earlier when he runs into Gabriel, he says Gabriel by name in this book. Last chapter, named Gabriel. He doesn't name him here. But it can't be Jesus. And you'll understand why this can't be Jesus, okay, as we, as we go in here. But people do believe it's Jesus. I don't believe it's Gabriel, and I don't believe it's Jesus. And I'll, I'll let you know as we go why. Um, but it is a high-ranking angel in the angelic structure. If it was Gabriel, he would have mentioned him by name, I believe, for starters. All right? But you've got Daniel in a partial fast, 21 days in deep prayer. Here we have an angel, a high-ranking angel, shows up with the message. Let's see what he says. Verse 7, I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men that were with me saw not the vision. So there were men with him. But a great quaking fell on them. So they fled to hide, right? So the presence of God was so strong. It scared them, and they ran away. I promise, if you start shaking, I won't run away. We're looking for it. It was so strong. So he was alone, verse 8. Therefore, I was left alone. I saw this great vision. There remained no strength in me. My, My comeliness was turned in me into corruption. Interesting phrase. I had no strength. Look, many commentators believe, they call this the great vision. And they believe this is all one vision, all through uh, 11 and 12, chapters 11 and 12, same vision, right? My comeliness was turned within me unto corruption. is saying he lost all awareness of his holiness in the presence of this being, this, this being straight out of heaven. He's really saying that his own righteousness next to this heavenly being felt corrupt, as pure as Daniel was. Remember, the Bible doesn't have one negative thing to say about Daniel. Daniel or Joseph, not one negative thing. The whole situation with this angel basically made him feel spiritually and physically inadequate. Verse nine, yet heard I the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, I, he went into a deep sleep on his face, and my face toward the ground. So, here, listen to this: same word, deep sleep, as you see when, at, when God put Adam to sleep, and, and He made Eve. He put Adam into a deep same sea, Hebrew word, same Hebrew word, when, as when He put Abraham to, to sleep. And remember, He walked His covenant. God walked that covenant through the parts of that animal. Abraham. We're children of Abraham. Abraham did nothing for that covenant. He fell asleep, right? And so Abraham was a friend of God. One characteristic of Abraham being called a friend of God. if You study Abraham. God told him everything he was going to do before he did it. He said, I'm going to do this, and then he would do that. You're going to do this because this is going to happen. I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Even let Abraham in on the decision-making, in the intercession part. And so the phrase in verse 11, understand the words I speak to you, is saying understand the matters. This is in regards to the future of Israel. That's, that's what that word means. Understand the, the matters. The message this angel is about to convey through this vision in essence, ties all the visions in Daniel all together. Ties it all together. And it gives us insight, serious insight into the spirit world, into that spiritual war. All this is leading up to the point and time when Israel, as a, as a nation, receives Christ as their Lord and Savior, which is, takes place at the second coming. When you look at Israel, look at the signs, look at the wonders. And look at what's going on. The the happenings now in the world are leading up to the fulfillment of the second coming. You need to realize, if you don't realize anything else from these teachings, how short our time here is going to be. We are at the end of the dispensation of the church, which means the rapture is going to take place soon. Matthew 24, 6 through 9. We talk a lot about this. In, in, in something we do weekly called the Final Hour Podcast. Okay? Uh, can we just show the slide so I can get more than 79 views? 70, the, we have more than 79 views. I was just kidding. Thefinalhourpodcast.com. It's, it's all on the end times. It's news that our illustrious uh, media, you know, does not report, does not want you to know about. But if you look, if you dig for it, it's there. It's there, okay? I just saw a quote from some people out of Canada saying, congratulations, America. Your media has won the fight there, right? Your media has won the fight, and the American people are, you know, they're confused and they're deceived, right? If you just turn on Channel 11, you turn on uh, news with Lesser Holt or whoever, you know, I'm just throwing guys out there. He's the one. I only have a few channels, right? That's the one I see. I'm just saying, you're not getting the whole picture. You're not getting the whole picture, all right? There is an agenda there. Matthew 24, 6 through 9, you will hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened or troubled, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in place after place. All this is but the beginning, the early pains of the birth pangs of the birth pangs, right? So we're talking about this is where we are, the earth and, 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 and birth pains is where we are. And they will hand you over to suffer affliction and tribulation and put to death, put you to death. You will be hated by all the nations for my name's sake. So obviously you have in verse nine, they will hand you over. This is the Jewish people in the tribulation to suffer affliction and tribulation, but you can just include all the people that missed the rapture and refuse the mark of the beast. I just say that. I just know in my heart. It, it, you, this has to be said. If you missed it, and I don't know how many are going, no one knows. Is it a billion? Is it half a, is it half a billion? Is it... There's, uh, no one knows at what point, but I'm just saying, I tend to think if you believe that Jesus died and was raised again, you're going. Well, why? That, that, that's what the Bible says. You have to believe to go to heaven. You have to believe he died and rose again. But there will be evangelists during the tribulation. There will be millions that understand it's true. It's true. And they understand, I am not getting that technology Put in me I don't care if it makes me Batman I am not getting the mark of the beast somebody in here I, I hear it I hear it I hear it and it's just like we'll wait and see dude we'll wait and see I'll still be on YouTube The podcast, too. They won't take it off right away. You can check it out. You can get the information on what to do if you're left behind. The earth is definitely experiencing birth pains. And sometimes it seems as if we all need an epidural. Sorry for the natural birth people out there. I always wondered what an epidural feels like. Okay, we'll just move on. Matthew 24, 10. Then many will be offended and repelled. I am not discounting what you ladies went through, okay? I'm just saying I would be asking for two epidurals in that situation. <laughs> Give me another one. Sorry. Verse 10, and then many will be offended Oh, there's, and repelled and will begin to distrust and desert him whom they ought to trust and obey. I see you see this. We'll stumble and fall. They'll betray one another. Pursue one another with hatred. Have you ever been pursued with someone's hatred? Well, I have. <laughs> pray for them. Pray for them. It works. It works. Everything you pray for yourself, pray for them. Okay? Whole nother sermon. It works. It works. And, and it's whole hard to do. But it releases, it keeps from that, That this is for someone in here, that root of bitterness mm, from getting control. Because once you've got that root of bitterness, you're not hearing anything from God. It's just too hard to hear. It dominates too much of your mind. It just seems as if much of the church seems to be oblivious of the signs, of the end times. If you look at a woman nine months pregnant, it does not take a profit to to, to prophesy she's having a baby. He called this birth pains. Just the obvious stuff. Obvious stuff. Russia. Wow, we haven't seen Russia in real action since what, Afghanistan? We've never had invasive and pervasive technology and surveillance like we have today. Uh, something called facial recognition. We talk about this in the podcast. There's a city in Israel that's experimenting with it because of the terrorists. They're trying to track the terrorists, running around stabbing people with knives on the street. And with facial recognition, if, it, if, if, if they get that in this country, they will know everywhere you are. They know when you're in your house. They know exactly where you are at any time. Never have we had digital currency that's a setup for the currency of the Antichrist. There'll be, it'll be no cash. And never had extreme weather events on this earth, which are, are so numerous they can't even report them. It's double, double anything, earthquakes, volcanoes, every day, every day, numerous. Never a global plague outside, maybe the black plague in the, in the, medieval, in, in the medieval times, that was just centralized on Europe. Never have we had anything that shut down a planet. I believe it's spirit there, spirit behind that. Never had, had this extent of false teaching. Never had the extent of daily violence. Just on the streets. Increasing depravity. Never had this push towards a global government. Maybe you're not paying attention. You're not going to hear it on CNN. CNN. There's a push, a hard push. Our government almost snuck through a bill that handed over the governing of this country in another pandemic situation. Nobody even knew it. People calling their, it was called the, it's a, the World Health Organization was created by China. And in a time of a pandemic, we were, they couldn't, in the end, nobody knew about it. So our congressman didn't even, you know, there's so much as stacks. Realistically, there's stacks of things they have to go through on a daily basis. If that bill would have gone through and the WHA says, oh, pandemic, monkeypox, you would have had to have vaccines. You would have had to have everything they told you to have, regardless of what you wanted. Passports, all of it. And, And we didn't even know. Nobody even knew. Look it up. It's called the pandemic treaty. And but people spoke up. They spoke up. They started calling their congressmen. Hundreds of thousands of calls. And you know what? Some congressmen were honest about it. I didn't even know about this. They're turning, never have we had decreasing morality to this point. They're turning girls into boys boys into girls, and trying to indoctrinate them, sell them into doing it. They want abortions up to birth. They're trying to pass, I don't know if if you've been enlightened on this legislation, not just an abortion up to the time of birth, but they're trying to pass an abortion 30 days after the child is born. And you know how they're going to kill the infant? They're going to starve it to death. I wouldn't do that to a puppy. Never have we seen this, this, in this position. We got an article on Fox News. You can look it up. It says that Satanists say it's their right to do an abortion because it's a type of sacrifice. I can ima- just imagine what that looks like. Never seen in the world that right now compared a, de- a church decreased attendance rate. Never. The purposeful decline and destruction of the United States. Purposeful. And the rise of China. Never seen this. It's not just, this series is not just about neat history facts. Alexander the Great and the Persians and Babylonians and cool pictures of demons. It's, it's, it's try to, we're at the end. This is why so many Bible teachers, scholars, commentators believe we're going to witness the following. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain, that's you, shall be caught up together. And I believe it's all going to be together. With them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Next verse. That's why you need to keep your comfort one another with this. When? When you see the signs. That's why you have to watch the signs. When the rapture occurs, there will be people left behind. Who are completely caught off guard. They didn't expect it at all. They weren't paying attention. They didn't believe this. There's people in here saying, is this far out? I know it. I can feel it. Okay, you're not here by accident, whoever that is. The people that do not go in the rapture, it will be scary. See, it's so good. It's so good. You're going in the rapture. This is not supposed to scare you, okay? You're going in the rapture. What we're seeing on the earth today is what Jesus calls in Matthew 24, birth pains. I urge you to press in, press toward the mark, and be still and know that He's God. Remember that we're gonna be the only ones that when we live uh, until the rapture comes that never experience death. Never experience death. Uh, uh, if you, I just wanna, if you're, if you're not convinced, the Bible is all this. It talks about all what I'm about to tell you, more signs. Well, this isn't even a biblical sign. In a series of 112 cryptic Latin phrases, the Irish Saint Malachy, not, not Malarkey, Malachy, M-A-L-A-C-H-Y. Google him. It's right out. This is the truth. Prophesize the Roman Catholic popes. His prophecy was prophesying all the popes. This was in 1139. Ten centuries ago. All their names down the line. Every single pope. He got them right. Every single pope. But you know what he says? The pope after Benedict will be the last pope ever. Got news for you. That's our pope. that's 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 our pope. Basically, he's saying, we're on our last pope. Why would you believe this guy? Because in 1139, he predicted all the names, every name. How could you possibly know that? No one even realized anything about this prophecy until 1590. The fact that he's got the name of every pope right is impossible in itself. That's not even a biblical sign. Look at just the skies in the heavens. Just looking at the Bethlehem star, that's Jupiter, Regulus, and Venus coming together at the birth of Jesus. The constellation was Virgo. They call that the Bethlehem star. The only time it's ever appeared is at the birth of Jesus. What a coincidence. The Bethlehem star was back in 2017. You have blood red moons on Passover and tabernacles. Four blood red moons in a row. When's the last time we had four blood red moons in a row on Passover and Tabernacles? It happened in 1948 when Israel was made a nation. It happened in 1967 when the Israelis took back Jerusalem from the nation of Jordan. And it happened in 1492 when 200,000 Jews were kicked out of Spain. Christopher Columbus discovered America. And that's where they all wound up. A lot of them wound up as a place for them to go. And centuries to come. Oh, this is all coincidence. We're in the middle of four blood red moons. Next one's coming in November, the last one. You got, this is in the word, foxes on the temple mount. Well, that's in the middle of the city, all right? That's in the Bible. The time, time is short when you see foxes on the Temple Mount. Time is short when live fish are found in the Dead Sea. Time is short on top of it, when the Dead Sea turns blood red on the Day of Atonement, right around the place that the Sodom and Gomorrah took place. We've suddenly in the last few years now got 172 different species of predatory birds showing up, up in Israel. Many of them have never been seen before. What's that for? God commands the birds. Ezekiel 38, Armageddon. It's too much to clean up. Come on down, birds. You have a feast. They're there. They're there. They've been coming there for three or four years. You've got, what a coincidence, Russia with all its allies in place for that Ezekiel 38 war. Ezekiel prophesied, who would be with Russia? Iran, Turkey, every single one of them. What a coincidence. South Africa a few weeks ago had a plague of locusts on Passover. The fertility of the land of Israel is amazing. That's probably one of the reasons Russia's going to go down there. It's for food. You know, we're not even paying attention. To it. The Israelis are bombing Damascus every day. That's not even in the news. Because the Iranians are moving weapons in there. So the Israelis are bombing them. Well, we know they have two Russian bases over there. Russians watched, watched, watched. Last week, they took their first shots at Israeli F-16s. The Russians did. Ethiopian Jews being brought back. Ukrainian Jews being brought back. The Hebrew language being restored. This is all in the Bible. Jerusalem won back from the Arabs in 67. The the Israel becoming a nation in 48. All these signs coming together. And remember, Paul said, when you see these things, comfort one another. Because we're going to be out of here. We're going to be up there eating Funyuns and nachos. Not to mention the final harvest with the latter rain. Dropping the power of God. If you think this morning is all, it's just one drop. Imagine when it rains hard. We'll all just be laying here. We'll let the worship leaders preach, right? All this stuff. All this stuff. Uh, I'm not one of those preppers. I, would not, I mean, I'm not. I, I, I mean, I've got some food, right? But, but, you know, they're already telling you, rolling blackouts this summer. If you really listen carefully. Uh, the railroads, and we've been saying this on the podcast for months, since February. Russia's the biggest supplier of fertilizer in the world. The railroads are refusing to ship. They're, they're shipping fertilizer in minute, minute uh, amounts. All right? Why? They're shipping grain for animals to eat in minute amounts. Why? Why? Why, why are they doing this? All right? Bill Gates and China are the biggest f- farmland owners in the U.S. Bill Gates in China. You think they're growing anything? Okay. And I was at, we were wondering about the railroads. So we, look, we were looking up, who's controlling this with the railroads? World Economic Forum people. People with the World Economic Forum. Those are the people pushing for a one world government. Philippians 3.10. So what do we do with all this? What do we do? Philippians. My determined purpose is that I may know him that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. So your determined purpose is that you may know him more clearly, more intimately, become acquainted with him. What happens then? Then you, become, you know the power of the resurrection. Okay? It's, it's all in order which exerts itself over believers. Well, isn't this interesting? Dad preaches on this scripture all the time. What's three verses later? Philippians 3.14. I press toward the mark. Hint, hint. What mark? Over progressively knowing him. More deeply and more intimately press. If you don't have the desire to have a relationship, I know that feeling. You know, on Mondays after this, I don't want to do anything. I feel like, ah, all right. No, you, you ask for the desire. Give me the desire. If you, I promise you, it won't take you two weeks. If you ask God, in the name of Jesus, give me a desire to be your best friend. And you ask that every day. You will soon find yourself Reaching out with him, to him. What are we pressing for? For the relationship. Realizing that everything comes through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now remember this. All these messages... Uh, we, We have millions of Christians around the world. They love the Lord, and they really, really desire to have a close relationship with him, but they're held captive by the devil because they do not understand the prescribed order of victory God has given us, which is the cross. Can we put the sculpture up? Just put it up for one minute. The Lord has already been crucified. The only message that can set anyone free is the message of the cross. It is the key to victory. A Christian has to understand everything he gets from God is through this. Jesus is the source. His death, burial, and resurrection is the means. Satan does everything within his power to keep a Christian not focused on this. That's the last thing he wants on your mind. The devil wants it; he does not want you thinking about that. This is why, when you commune with him, when you take communion, that's why that's where you get your authority. That's where you get your peace. That's where you get your healing. Comes through the means of the cross, through Jesus Christ as the source. So these these end time messages. That's great, you, but, but I know people on end times, and th- th- that's what their faith's in. The faith is in Jesus and, and where what, what he did for us. I believe this is the only type of faith God will recognize, is a faith exclusively on Jesus through the means of what he did at the cross. This is what we need to be focused on as the church age comes to an end. Do we need to watch the signs? Absolutely. So we wind up not, not under the, the World Health Organization. So we don't have China running our country when they want to call it a pandemic. The Constitution's out the window in a treaty like that. Are you aware of that? Are you aware of that? That's what that vote was going to be. The pandemic. Con, 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 and if, if you're under a treaty like that with 194 other countries, and the WHO wants to say, pandemic, monkeypox, Right? Congress, Congress has no say. The president has no say. World Health Organization is now running your life. And that's how close we were. That was two Sundays ago. Pay attention to what's going on. Paul actually says the object of our faith has to ever to be Christ and Christ crucified. Satan doesn't care what kind of faith you have as long as it has nothing to do with the cross. Most of the church, in my opinion, has separated Christ from the cross. Yes, Their faith is in Christ, but there's no acknowledgement, there's no realization, or even thought to where it comes from, the means of getting there. I believe Paul in 2 Corinthians 11, when he says, you're serving another Jesus, Corinthians. That means it's possible to serve another Jesus. The faith of most believers today is in their good works, in their church attendance, in their particular denomination, or that favorite, favorite millennial term, community. <laughs> or even faith in their preachers, no offense to millennials. I know that many Christians say, my faith is in the word. And that's all great. As long as they understand that the word of God is actually everything leading up to what? Jesus dying on the cross. That's the gospel. That is the gospel. And if one's faith is truly in the word, they'll understand that. The Holy Spirit works exclusively within the parameters of the finished work of Jesus. That's why Jesus says in red letters, in Corinthians, during communion, take, eat, this is my body. Just picture him breaking that bread for you, real bread, not funyuns. Take, eat, this is my body. It's broken for you, Jim puts it in my mouth. Often as you do this, it was truly broken for you. Daniel 10, 12, then he said to me, this is the angel talking to Daniel, fear not, from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand, to chasten thyself before God, your words were heard. Daniel, your prayer was heard day one. So he said, and I'm come for those words. So what happened? This is 21 days later. Verse 13, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood was, was me one and 20 days. And lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. So this angel, I, I don't think if it was Gabriel, he's a, he's a peer of Michael's. It almost sounds like this, this angel is talking up to, to Michael, Right? But he needed help, so they send Michael. And it was a 21-day fight to get this message from God back down to Daniel. The prince of the kingdom, the prince of the king of Persia withstood the angel 21 days. It's talking about a supernatural prince behind the power of the kingdom of Persia. I believe it's this guy. Can we show the sculpture? It's not Yogi Bear there. I believe that's the prince of the kingdom of the... That's the prince of the... Of the, behind the power of the kingdom of Persia, because remember Daniel had the vision. This guy showed up a couple times, and he always symbolized Persia. Daniel's dreams. And so it stood. This guy was stood. The bear was stood. I believe it's the bear. Was, remember, they can take different. Just like an angel can be a man. Okay. So the prince of the kingdom of Persia is trying to prevent this angel. A lot of scholars believe that, that it's the same angel, the bear, as it was that, that helped Alexander conquer the world. And no, that's the leopard. Sorry, I tipped my hand there. I was gonna quiz you. This was this this bear represents Persia. In other words, he's controlling the Persian government. Okay? And it's a message from God of these visions. You'll see in 11 and 12, what the angel is telling him here, that a demonic host withstood this angel, a high-ranking angel. That particular high-ranking angel could not overcome this demonic host called the prince of the kingdom of Persia. In the second half of the verse, you got Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help him. This is what makes me think it wasn't Gabriel. Gabriel. And that angel, the messenger, you'll see was was having to fight also. He was having to fight. And so and angels are such an interesting thing, aren't they? It's one of his names, God of the Angel Armies. Just some more information on verse 13. The prince of the kingdom of Persia that withstands this angel for 21 days is referring to the fallen angel appointed by Satan to control the Persian government. This scripture is revealing that Satan places high-ranking fallen angels of his over nations. Okay? That's a real- reality. If you could see everything that went on in the spirit, you would see that. God also has angelic agents in opposition to them. This is why you pray. You can affect these things. And we know look Hebrews 10:14. are they not all ministering spirits? That's angels. sent forth to what? Minister that means to assist to us Daniel 10. 14. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall the Jews in the latter days. For yet the vision is for many days. And when he had spoken such words to me, I set my face to the ground and became dumb. So he's talking about what happens to Israel in the latter days. Verse 16. Behold, one like the similitude of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spake. And he said unto him that stood before me, O my Lord by the vision of my sorrows are turned upon me and I retain no strength. So Daniel's telling the angel, this is such heavy stuff. I'm not, I'm having trouble here. I, I have no strength, you know. Verse 17, he says, how can the servant of this, my Lord, talk with you? Straightway, there remain no strength with me, within me. He says this, how can I? I, What he's saying is, he's saying, I don't have enough strength to even carry on a conversation. So, what does he do? Verse 18, he came again, touched me like one, the appearance of a man, strengthened me. He gave him a command. He says, verse verse 19, be strong. Yes, be strong. It's almost like he's laying hands on him, commanding him to be strong. Verse 20, Then he spoke, knowest thou wherefore I come unto thee? And now I will return. What's he going to return and do? To fight again with the prince of Persia. This is wild. He says why. Lo, so the prince of Greece can come. The prince of Greece. Who's that that represents the prince of Greece? I gave it away a few minutes ago. Anyone, anyone, anyone. Can we put? Who said that? Okay. Can we put that? This is the Prince of Greece that have been in prior. If you haven't seen the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you wouldn't get what I was doing there. But, but that's. But, but listen to this now. He says, I, "I, I've got to go back and help Michael." Continue this fight with the bear, the guy that is pulling the strings on Persia, so that this other guy can come in. Because it's all part of the plan. For what? To get to Jesus. Greece had to win. If Greece did not win, we'd be in a whole different world. Okay? And so, verse 20. So he's... I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth. There is none that holdeth with me in these things, but Michael, your prince. So you got the leopard. Think about this. This is interesting. Many scholars believe this is the very demon that helped Alexander conquer the world. That leopard. But this is interesting. Because the Grecian empire was still 200 years away. And that fight, that spiritual fight was already starting. Isn't that Interesting. And so we know why the principality in charge of Persia was trying to stop it, the message. Because his time was limited. Now, I get this question a lot when we, so many questions on this chapter since I've been teaching on Daniel, um, a guy that views the (coughs) final hour podcast. um, And also, he wrote in, contacted us, and also three people on the couch asked this question. Here's what he says. Jeffrey writes it: "Daniel's important prayer was blocked by the occupiers of evil principalities above him. The angel responsible for the delivery of the message to God was thwarted. The archangel had to intervene and get Daniel's prayer delivered. His prayer made it. It was the message back to him that, that, the, that, the, that, the, that the demon was trying to stop. right? As a result, God's answer was delayed to Daniel. For three weeks. With that depiction in mind, are our prayers getting through to God? How do we know if they are? Wouldn't the evil principalities, they be even stronger as Satan strengthens his game? So I'm just going to answer that quick. That's not going on right now. That day's over. Why? Number one, Hebrews 8, 6. This is talking about Jesus. But now, now faith, but now he hath he obtained, Jesus, a more excellent ministry, by which much more he is a mediator of a better covenant. You have a better covenant, all right, which was established upon you have better promises. For if the first co- covenant had been faultless, what does that mean? It had fault. People get mad when I say this, I'm just reading the Bible. The first covenant had to have fault. God did it on purpose. Why does it have fault? Because all the pressure is on man. Man has to obey every one of those rules. He breaks one of those laws, one of those hundreds of laws. He breaks them all. God did that to show us we have to have Jesus. So I'm not bashing on the old covenant. It's holy. But it's, it, man can never attain it. Man can never attain it. It even says in verse eight, for finding fault with them, what's them? Finding fault with all those commandments, knowing that man cannot live up to that, he gave you a better covenant. That's number one. Daniel's under a a, a much different covenant. Number two, Daniel didn't have the Holy Spirit living inside of him. How is the devil gonna stop your prayers or you getting answers when you have got God on the inside of you? Do I need to settle down? I feel as like people are annoyed. You know, that, that new covenant, I've done like 10 sermons on the new covenant. I, I, we don't have, it's Hebrews 8, 10 through 12, read it. Re, re, and then it, God repeats himself, Hebrews 10, 16 through 18. It's to Christians. You know what it ends with? There's only one thing you gotta believe. It's called the covenant of I wills. You know, The Ten Commandments, thou shalt, thou shalt, Thou. it's all on you, it's all on you. The new covenant, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. And there's one catchphrase at the end. One clause, because, for means because. Your sins and iniquities I'm gonna have mercy on. And my lawless deeds of unrighteous, your lawless deeds of unrighteousness I'm not gonna remember anymore. But here's the thing, no one gets that because they can't believe that. People don't believe that, nor is that really being preached. And so why, what's another reason? This can't happen. This doesn't happen. They can't touch you if you're on your game. All right, Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. It's almost like the the old story of you have to invite the vampire in the door. He can't come in the door until you invite him in. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Oh, how do we do that? The whole, you have to have the, all the armor. I, I did nine, nine sermons on the armor, about two years ago. Why, why do you need all the armor? To stand against the devil. But why, why, because you, verse 12, you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not in the physical. Just like the bear and the leopard and the angels, it's all in the spirit, right? And you have control, no one believes that. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. There it is. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world. Spiritual wickedness in high places. That's ranks of demons. With the highest being spiritual wickedness in high place. Prince of the kingdom of Persia, spiritual wickedness in high place. Okay? Verse 13. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor that you may be able to withstand when it gets evil out there. And having done all, i.e., Mac Hammond, continue to stare. If you don't quit, you win. Same thing. It's what it's saying. Obviously, we have defensive armor, but Ephesians 6.17, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit. The helmet of salvation is simple. You know, you know how the devil comes in and says, You're not really saved? You might as well go do that, anyways. You're not saved. You have to be secure in your salvation. Okay, helmet of salvation. And so the, 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 the sword of the Spirit is a weapon. And wh- how do we know? Hint, hint, Satan tempting Jesus in the wilderness 40 days. Every time, Jesus, Scripture, Scripture, Scripture. He's swinging the sword. Swinging the sword. Another weapon, though. Tongues is a weapon. Tongues is a weapon. You know, praise and worship is a weapon. The Bible gives us examples. What about when they're surrounded? The Israelites are surrounded. This is an example. It says in the New Testament, use the Old Testament examples. What do they do? They don't send out warriors. They send out the praise and worshipers. What are they singing? Hint, hint. His mercy endures forever. That's what they're singing. Anytime I have a bad day, I, I stop my program. I can get myself into a program with God, Right? And I just, when I just, am at wit's end, I mean, it, it doesn't sound good, but I use my car to sing. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in heart. I will enter His courts with praise. It's a song. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, he's made me glad. He has made me glad. He had, no, you start singing the word that he made you glad, and he'll make you glad. Seven minutes of he will make you glad. You have to practice these things, Paul says in Philippians. But, but there's one more thing, you know. There's one more thing. That, 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 that the reason this can't happen with, with prayers being blocked and messages from God being blocked, Ephesians 121. There it is again, far above all principalities, powers, might, and dominion. This is talking about Jesus. This is actually a prayer that Paul prays for, for Christians. You should pray it for yourself and your children. He says, that's where Jesus is, far above all principalities, powers, might, and dominion. and every, He has set all things under his feet, right? Verse 22, gave him to be. So all those guys we just read are under his feet, correct? Gave him to be head over all things. To who? To you. That's why when we leave this earth, there's nothing holding the devil back after the rapture. We are his body. So if we're his body and all things are under his feet and the demons are down there, what is that saying? That's saying that Christ is sitting in heavenly places above the the ranks of demons, and we're part of his body. And just a reminder, you know, Peter casts out demons. We see Paul casting out demons, a strong demon of divination. You know it's a strong demon of divination when the woman was telling the truth and making money getting it right. But this is about people being possessed, right? This is the ultimate uh, control and, and even J- Jesus, that guy, uh, what's your name? A legion. You know that one? They're begging him. They're begging him. Just cast us into the pigs. Right? The works that I did shall you do also. Greater works than these shall you do. Because I go to the Father. And why is that? Because you're part of my body. And they're all under my feet. So I think... We're talking about holding them back. There's things assigned to you, okay? And you can push them back on a daily basis. If you do nothing, they're not staying back. And it's not one of these, oh, I'm going to do it once. Oh, that didn't work. It's not like that. It's like your faith builds. Do you know behind uh, strong storms... Uh, with destruction, there's a spirit. You are. What's behind COVID is a spirit. I'm just saying, like, do you know you don't just sit there and watch Channel 11 with a or tornado coming into co- your community? You speak to the spirit behind it and tell it to dissipate. It's a spirit. Okay, don't go go. Hug. And I'm not saying don't go to the basement. Okay, I'm not saying do it out in your yard. I'm not saying get in a plane and go bind the devils up there. And it doesn't have, you don't have to be yelling and screaming. Jesus just, what do you say? What do you say? Peace, be still. We have to use it. And it builds. It builds. I've I've heard my mom talk about that all my life. Prayers build up. They build up over time. Remember the guy that tried using the name of Jesus on demons and Acts. And they said, well, we know who Jesus is. We know who Paul is, but we don't know who you are. And they proceeded to take off all his clothes. You have to, you have to, you, you have to make them aware of you. And you don't just do it when things are going bad. The time to do it is it's every day at this point. It's every day, okay? I'm telling you, it's every day. Ephesians 2.6, here's the last reason. Um, He raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating. What's that? In the heavenly sphere by virtue of you being saved. You have that seat. It's a seat of authority. It's a seat of authority. And I I used to, you know, there's times where, where in Israel where, or no, there was a time where my mom was calling me in the mornings, like a couple, she goes in spurts every morning, like 6 a.m. What you doing, Jim? And, I, I'm, 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 <laughs> a lot of things. What are you doing, mom? She said, I'm taking my seat of authority. That's what she means. Her seat in heavenly places. And and, and her and Billy Brim do the same thing. They start out, I take my seat of authority in the heavenlies. I operate today out of my heavenly ministry today. And you proceed to take authority using the name of Jesus over the devil. You tell him to get his hands off your kids. The name of Jesus. Areas uh, um, to take authority in the houses, cars, identities, bank accounts. Ever had your identity stolen? Credit cards, bank cards, things coming against your children, accidents. I've seen people get in a terrible accident every four months. Christians, they just, you know, well, just got some bad luck. No, that's a demon. And he will kill them. Eventually, he will kill them. After, but once he makes them as miserable as they can be, he's going to kill them then. If they allow it, injuries. I remember girls that I used to coach it'd step on the court and sprain an ankle every week, and you notice that—that's a—I would know that—that's a spirit. Maybe it's her coming out of her family, wherever it's coming from, but no, 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 that's not happening. Her season's not being stolen because she's injured every week. You take authority over it. That—that that demon. You ever notice that people? They're always injured. That's a demon. That's not coincidence. Diseases, viruses, spirit behind cult. Sometimes I take authority just going into a meeting. If I'm even a little nervous, or he pops it into my head, use your authority here. Use spirits of division, strife, division, and competition. I command you, you desist in your maneuvers in this meeting. In the name of Jesus Christ, I bind you. I bind you with the blood of Jesus. Whatever you bind on Earth is bound in heaven. I loose you from your assignments. What are you doing? You're pushing them out of that room. Oh what happens? It didn't work? Do it again. Do it again, Do it again, because you gain confidence after a while. You know. You know they're running. You know they're running. It says you have to resist the devil for him to flee. So it says he's going to flee but you have to resist him. I, I, I mean, I, sometimes I, I, I bind the devil before going out on the brown couch because you just never know out there. <laughs> I said, uh, Billy Brim, I went to, and I got to meet with her. How, how, how long do you do it? Oh, I do it as soon as I get up every day. Don't miss, don't miss the day. Don't miss the day, Jim. Every day. I said, how long? How detailed are you? I do it seven to 10 minutes. I let the Holy Spirit lead me. There's times I might do it throughout the day, but I do it every day, and that's the first thing I do every day. You've got to do it, Jim, and you take that seat of authority. You take that seat. You step into that seat, that joint seating, as if you were right next to God. And so we're just going to close. I'm so sorry. I'm going so long, you guys. There's a... a, So... I was watching Jimmy Swaggart, and I don't agree with all their doctrine. A lot of it I do. Um, I don't agree with all their doctrine on the end times. Um, he's a famous evangelist. He's 87 years old. And he, he, he just gifted evangelist. He was preaching in his younger days at a large church in Louisiana. I, I heard him tell this story. And he, the pastor's son was in the front row, and he was in his low 20s. And, and, and it was the altar calling. The, kid, the kid's just sitting there looking at him. Just looking him right in the eye. That's what I used to do to Kenneth Hagen. <laughs> Act like you're asleep. I, I know that feeling, having the guy preaching, trying to get you saved, right? And that's what he said. He said, I don't usually do that, but I found myself preaching my altar call to this kid who's a friend of mine. The pastor was a good friend of his. The kid did not accept the invitation. One year later, he was at the kid's funeral. It was in a car accident. And this pastor, well-known pastor in Louisiana, was just crushed. Crushed it, crushed him. Because what are they thinking? He didn't, he didn't go to heaven. He didn't go to heaven. And the, and the pastor, he, in the grieving process, a broken heart, he suffered a stroke from the grieving of his child dying. And he was very close to death, he never died. Now keep in mind, this pastor and Jimmy Swaggert were good friends. And this pastor had an experience in heaven. Um, when he was close to death, he went to heaven. And he had a huge experience in heaven with Jesus Christ. Jesus is taking him around and it's just amazing. And Jesus is like, I got a surprise for you. Open the door to a room, and there's his son. Right? Where the pastor had almost died thinking his son was going to spend eternity in hell. And it was just a, it was a reunion, you know? Things they never got to say. And then he, as G, he's going to send him back to, to earth, you know, to finish his his course and the pastor asked Jesus what when did he do it when did he I I didn't know he did it I didn't know he did it and Jesus just looked at him and he said he simply said well one day he just said God have mercy on my soul God have mercy on my soul and I can believe that when you look at that thief that was up there next to him on the cross what did he say remember me and Jesus looked at him and said, I'm going to see you. Remember me. If you don't have faith, rely on his mercy. Because you have a covenant of mercy. I personally do not believe there's anything more powerful than the mercy of God. And I just want to give everybody a chance to enter that covenant right now. If you guys could just bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm, I'm just... I thank you so much for this opportunity today. I just, I just want to make sure that, that everyone leaves this place with the opportunity to spend, eterni- for eternal security. Not only that, but here on this earth, have a Real relationship. A real relationship. I want to make sure that if the rapture came tomorrow or, 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 or something happened to you, that, that you would spend eternity with fa- the Father in heaven who sent his son to die for you, died for you. So with every head bowed and eye closed, all these people in here have done this. I'm just going to, just give me an, an acknowledgement. We're just going to say a prayer together, everyone together. Raise your hand now if you feel that way, if you feel like, yes, I need, I need to make sure for my eternal security, I just need you to raise your hand now. Raise your hand now. If you feel, okay, I see the hand on the right. Thank you. Just just let me, I see the hand in the middle that right were in front of me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I see that, that third hand uh, uh, to my left, left middle in the back, fourth hand in the balcony. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Father. Are there anyone else? This is this, See, Jesus went through six hours of hanging on a cross with his bones showing from being scourged so it could be this easy. God have mercy on my soul. Anybody else? Just let me see your hand. Is there anyone else? We have four people. Oh, I see that hand on the right. Thank you, Lord. I see that. Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you, Lord. Five. Okay, you can put your hands down. Thank you, Lord. See, you can say, oh, Jim, why don't you have a healing line? With this message, it, a healing line doesn't do any good unless they're going to heaven. People need Jesus in their heart. They need, the Holy, they need their body to be a temple of the Holy Ghost. No matter how long it takes them to get it right. You know, there's, that's why there's baby Christians, Right? How could you say that not everyone's going in the rapture when you're going to have baby Christians, right? That, you know, you take an addict that comes in or, or, or just that, that's lived a criminal life. Do you think they're going to change like that? It takes time for your body, for your mind to be transformed. Does it not? You don't think his mercy is going to extend? So let's just say this prayer together if we could now. So we, right before we close here, God have mercy on my soul. Dear God in heaven, I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died for my sins and was raised from the dead three days later. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my savior and be my Lord. Thank you for saving me now. Amen, amen, amen.